Hawks for NBA range. He buries a triple. You're listening to the Talkin' Johnny's podcast featuring St. John's University student, Ryan Olson. What's going on, Johnny Nation? My name is Ryan Olson, and welcome to the first episode of my new podcast, Talkin' Johnny's, a podcast dedicated to covering all things St. John's. So you're probably wondering, why'd you start it? Who are you? Well, let me get into it. My name is Ryan Olson. Like I said, I've been a lifelong St. John's basketball fan. In 2011, I attended my first ever St. John's game, and I fell in love. I fell in love with the Big East Conference. I fell in love with New York City basketball, and I fell in love with the St. John's Red Storm. My fandom really got going at the end of the Lavin years. Lavin's last year, St. John's makes it to the NCAA tournament, meets San Diego State in an 8-9 game, falls short, and then we get into the Chris Mullen era, and then, of course, the Mike Anderson era. But here we are. The time is now. Buckle in, and it's going to be great. Rick Pitino has this team poised for success. Maybe it's this year we're not going to be as good as people thought. And I'll get into that later on in this episode. But he will have us in the promised land in the future. There's no doubt in my mind, and there shouldn't be a doubt in your mind. But a little bit more about myself. I am a sophomore at St. John's University. I started off at Fordham. During my time at Fordham, I was a journalism major where I started writing my own blog, The Pressing Storm. I covered last season's uh, Mike Anderson squad with the Johnnies. Obviously, a disappointing season to cover, but it was great experience for me. And it led to me wanting to start this podcast, something that I've wanted to do for many, many years now. But I finally started it. And now I transferred to St. John's because St. John's has always been home for me. It was home to my dad when he attended school back in the 1980s where he witnessed the Final Four run under Coach Carneseca with Chris Mullen, the great days and the great battles against Patrick Ewing. He taught me St. John's basketball. He showed it to me. He introduced it to me. And for that, I am forever grateful. And that's why St. John's was such an easy choice for me. I went to Fordham because I thought it was a better school. And frankly, it is a better school. But it's not my home. My home will always be St. John's. It has a special place in my heart. And I'm so happy now that I realized that and I made this change and I am now a student there my sophomore year as a sports management major. I'm very excited. I have new capabilities now as a student there. I have new opportunities to bring you exclusive content, to bring you insider access. And I'm so excited for that. And, and this was such the right choice for me. St. John's is home and I'm ready to, to take this platform and, and run with it and, and create a better student experience because boy, could St. John's use a little bit of on-campus revival among the student body. All right, so I'm going to get right into it. Today's Friday, November 17th, and we are coming off a loss to Dayton. But let me start with the, the, the first game of the Charleston Classic where we came out on top 53-52 over the North Texas Mean Green. So North Texas coming into, the game, coming into this season had seven newcomers. It was the first year under head coach Ross Hodge. And I kind of came into this game thinking it would be a cakewalk, kind of thinking it would be another one of Mike Anderson's well-known and famous cupcake games. And it was not a cupcake game because last year, to, to my little knowledge, North Texas had won 31 games. They, they only allowed 55 points per game, ranking first in division one. 
and they were your 2023 NIT champions. So yes, seven newcomers, maybe they're not as good, but that was obviously not the case as they gave us St. John's a run for their money. Yes, like I said, it was a harder game than expected. But St. John's did a good job on the defensive side. That's been a struggle so far this season for the Red Storm through their first two games with Stony Brook and Michigan. They struggled on the defensive side of things, but there in this game against North Texas, they really locked in, and it was kind of a barn burner type of game. Both teams struggled to score. There was long gaps of, of no scoring. Uh, St. John's would go on a run. Then they wouldn't score for a few minutes, and then North Texas would chip away. St. John's led by as many as 14 in the first half, but saw that lead shrink and actually go away late in the game before they were able to survive with a one-point victory. But let me get into some of the nitty-gritty stuff from that game. So we're going to focus on Danish Jenkins. He's going to be my first topic of discussion. Danish Jenkins had 17 points for the Red Storm in their victory over North Texas. He led the way in scoring, but to score those 17 points, he took 18 shots. Now, that by any means is like an NBA stat line. That actually rubs me as, no offense to him, but a Russell Westbrook stat line. It's not a stat line you want to have. When you score 17 points, it shouldn't take you 18 shots. It's a little concerning. And you know what else is concerning is the five turnovers that he committed in this game. Through the first four games of this season, Danish Jenkins is averaging four and a half turnovers. People on the SJU, SJUBB Twitter are going nuts. They are calling for his head. They are saying, what type of leader is this guy? Why did Rick bring him in? But I am not saying any of those things, and I am not going to say any of those things unless they continue for a longer stretch of time. It's been four games. And in this game against North Texas, yes, Danish Jenkins did turn the ball over five times. Did that help, the, help their chances of winning? Absolutely not. But he did not lose them this game. He scored 17 points, and when nobody else wanted to step up and take a big shot, Danish Jenkins did. He has been a leader on the offensive side of the ball, while Chris Ledlam and Glenn Taylor Jr., guys are just still getting acclimated to Rick's system. Danis is stepping up, and he's taking shots. Are some of them bad shots? Yes. But the offense has to go somewhere, and at least he's trying to find a direction for them. And I give him credit there. His shooting clips and his turnover ratio are things that will get better in due time. I really believe that. But until this team finds its identity, I believe that he will have a little bit of a difficult time generating offense and he will have to take a bulk load of the shots. So in that game, also to finish up with Danis, he played 38 minutes. Okay, 38 minutes is the, game, the college basketball game, two 20-minute halves is 40-minute game. 38 minutes is a lot of time. We don't want to wear Danis out early on in the season, and that is why I believe Rick should start giving Simeon Wilcher more run. The freshman guard only played three minutes in this contest, and I think he brings a lot to the table, and he brings something that St. John's desperately is lacking, and that is speed. Simeon can run the floor. He can he can handle, he can draw, he can drive. Yes, he's under, he's under height, but his quickness can get to the hole, and he can score with ease there if he's able to get past his defender. So going forward, I'd like to see more Simeon. He didn't have much of a role in the North Texas win, but then I think he will have more of a role going forward. The 12 bench points. Rick was really stuck with his five guys in this one. Um, he went with, of course, the starting lineup being Jenkins, Soriano, Glenn Taylor Jr., Chris Ledlam, and Jordan Dingle. He was really heavy on those guys with not many of his reserves getting any run in this game. In fact, actually, St. John's only had 12 bench points in this game. And that's just not really going to cut it. I mean, Yes, you can rely on your starting five, but remember when we go back, this brings me back to the Chris Mullen era when he had the Shamori Pons, the Mustafa Heron, 
the LJ Figueroa, that lineup, that lineup, they played seven guys. And Rick has already shown that he's willing to play eight, nine guys, 10 guys, but he has to give them more significant time. He's got to mix in the starters with the reserves. He has to do a little bit of a better job with that. Now, I'm not here telling Rick Pitino what I think he should do. The guy's won over 700 collegiate basketball games. He's done so many great things in, for the for college basketball. He is an icon. He is a Hall of Famer. So I, by any means, am not here to criticize him four games into the season. That is not what I mean to do. But I do think that there are some areas where they could improve. I think he's done a good job incorporating guys into his lineup. But again, like I've said, Simeon Wilcher needs more time and the bench needs to have a greater contribution to this team going forward. So, like I mentioned before, St. John's up 14 early on, held on to the lead down the stretch, bent but not broke. They went down by one late, but then they were able to recover. And I really think the X factor in this game, even though Danis led them with 17 points, the X factor was the fifth-year senior and fan favorite, Joel Soriano. Joel Soriano holds a special place in my heart as he is a transfer from Fordham as well. And that is also me. My road was from Fordham to St. John's. So I love Joel and he, he chose the right side of New York to come and represent the Johnnies. And, and I love him for that. And I also loved him for the game he played against North Texas. Joel had a great stat line. He had um, 11 points, 12 rebounds, and notably five blocks. He was an absolute rim protector. He was defending at a high level. And then at that high level he was defending at, he was preventing North Texas from getting easy looks in the paint. And that really slowed them down. And that is ultimately why I think St. John's was able to come out on top of this game was because of Joel's interior defense. But, but, there's a big but. Joel's interior defense was great. But St. John's throughout this early season, throughout their first four games, have shown that they can come out in the first half and they can dominate and they can, they can get ahead and they can build the lead. But you know what they can't do is hold on to that lead. They've struggled with that respect. And in the second half against North Texas, they shot 29% from the field in the second half. That will never win a basketball game. That will never win a basketball game. Did it win a basketball game against North Texas? Absolutely. Because their defense was at a high level. But you can't always rely on that. You need to be able to score. And this lineup has brought in a plethora of scoring from different Ivy League schools. You got Jordan Dingle from Penn and you've got Chris Ledlam from Harvard. You've got a lot of options, but they're not gelling yet, but they will in due time. I was happy that they survived the game with North Tech to beat North Texas. I was happy they won that game, but now let's carry over to the game against Dayton. But before I do that, before I do that, I want to give a special shout out to two St. John's University students who I'm happy to call my friends that took the trip down to Charleston to root on the Johnnies. Maybe the only two students that actually made the trip. We need to do a greater job with our student section. We need to be more involved, especially with Rick coming to town now. We need to step it up. He's stepping up for our program, and it's our job as students to step up for him. Before I get into that whole rant, I'll do that later on. I want to shout out Anthony Cristello and Will Scarola. Hope you're having a great time in Charleston, and hopefully the Johnnies are able to pull out a win against Utah on Sunday in the third place game of the Charleston Classic. But now let's move over to the Dayton game, okay? The Dayton game was a game where the Johnnies took a 40-38 lead into the half. Um, if you ask me, honestly, I don't think they really deserve to be winning at halftime. I thought Dayton had more energy, more intensity, and more attention to detail. The Johnnies were struggling defensively. They were getting beat on high ball screens. They weren't picking and, and changing their man very efficiently. Joel was getting caught up high. Holmes was down low for, for Dayton. And don't forget, this Dayton team was the number one team in the preseason poll for the Atlantic 10. So another tough game for the Johnnies out of the gate. 
a really nice change to last year and to what we've seen over the last couple of years for the Red Storm. But with all that being said, the Johnnies took a 40-38 lead into the half, but did a, a familiar theme of been this Red Storm team early on in the season is their inability to take that lead, to put their foot on the gas, and to carry away the lead. In the second half, Dayton out-hustled them, outmatched them. Holmes, the big man for Dayton, dominated with 21 points. He was able to beat jo Joel inside. So Joel's defense was so good in the North Texas game, especially down the stretch. It didn't translate to this next game against Dayton. St. John's would ultimately fall on this one, 88-81. And it was a disappointing loss. I think expectations coming into this tournament were to, were to play three meaningful games. And they still will play three meaningful games, but everyone knows what I'm saying. You know what I mean. We wanted to see St. John's in the championship at the Charleston Classic. Regardless, we thought maybe they wouldn't have enough manpower to beat Houston. And that's okay. We wanted the opportunity. We wanted a crack at it. But we didn't get that crack. And we didn't get that crack, and there were a lot of contrib contributing factors. The last three games, St. John's is shooting 32% from three. In the two games of the Charleston Classic, Chris Ledlam has shot four for 17 from the field. Is it time to explore him coming off the bench? Possibly. I'm not going to overreact and say yes. I'm not going to say that, you know, remember his pace game where people were like, oh, he's never had a game like that. Well, he's had two games fairly similar to that. So maybe that was a sign that this team's going to take a little more time to get to where they want to go. But again, I'm not here to overreact. We have Rick Patino as our coach. I think this team is in position to be successful down the stretch, even though we have some troubling results early on in the season. So yes, the Johnnies fall 88-81. Ledlam struggled. They struggled from deep. Uh, Dana's taking way too many shots. But again, like I said earlier about the North Texas game, nobody else is stepping up. Nobody else is stepping up. Chris Ledlam is not stepping up as a scoring option. Glenn Taylor needs to take more shots. Joel needs more paint touches. Joel needs to touch the ball just about every single time down. I was impressed with Jordan Dingle's performance today with the 14 points. He finally showed some flashes of being able to score the ball. Uh, I think that was a big step. And, you know, Glenn Taylor, like I said, only took eight shots. I'd like to see him get more shots up. He did score 11 points, and I think he's been an underrated um, player in this system so far. I think he's done a nice job. I've been happy and impressed by his role. And speaking of being impressed, I was impressed by Zubi Ujafor's minutes today. He only played 10 minutes, which I would have liked to have seen him play a little bit more. But in those 10 minutes, he scored nine points. Uh, he grabbed six rebounds, three offensive and three defensive. And he had an impact on the game. I think, though, the whole thing that I wanted to get to today, and that really was talking about, is the defense. The defense needs to be better. You gave up 88 points to Dayton. Better yet, you gave up 50 points in the second half to Dayton. That's not going to win you basketball games. Like I said about North Texas, shooting 26% in the second half, it's not sustainable. And giving up 50 points in the second half is not sustainable either. So St. John's is creating and setting up some bad habits early on in the season. We saw Joel struggle to defend Holmes down the stretch. Ever since the announcer uh, of, the, of the game today said, Joel said to him, you're small. Well. Joel needs to improve defensively. I love the energy. I love the intensity he brings to the game. But today, defensively wise, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be straight with you. He needs to be better. And if he is not better, this team will struggle. This team will struggle to defend because their guard play is slow. We saw D Dingle get beat off the dribble multiple times. We saw them late on switches. So with these problems, they're not having problems rebounding the ball, which is St. John's has struggled with in recent years. But 
their defensive versatility. I would like to see maybe Rick try out Zuby and Joel together. It might be a good mix. Yes, I know they both maybe are not the best shooting threats, but Joel has proven he can shoot from deep. He's four for four from three on the season. Now, yes, he will miss eventually, but I'm enjoying his 100%. He's the best three-point shooter in the nation. But Zuby can't bring that outside game, but he brings rebounding and he brings that interior defense that they need. They're struggling when Joel is not defending at a high level. They need him to have help, and Zuby can bring that help to him. They also need to do a better job of defending without fouling. By no means are any of these performances acceptable. Rick said after the Michigan game on Monday night that he was disappointed. But today after the Dayton game, he was extremely disappointed. Here's what he had to say about the team's performance after the Dayton loss. We got guys that just care about offense and they don't know how to defend. Not in terms of effort. The effort's fine. In terms of paying attention to the scouting, how things are played, it, it, it's, it's amazing from coming off strong side and giving a three to the way you're playing the big guy on a pick and roll. It's, 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 it's a, a one-point game, and we totally break down and don't play it correctly in a one-point game. Then it's a four-point game, we don't play it correctly. It's about as frustrating because the effort's there, they want to win, they're good guys, but they can't absorb a scouting report, which is so disappointing. The guys really just couldn't stick to the game plan is the main point that Rick is getting across here. And I couldn't agree more. Ball switches, pick and rolls, adjusting men and defensive strategies were were really struggling for the Red Storm today. But again, I wouldn't get too wrapped up in these results. They're playing quality teams. Michigan, despite their loss to Long Beach State tonight, which was shocking to me, uh, considering how well they let up the garden, is a good team, is a very good team, and an underrated team. People did not... Um, give them enough respect in the preseason. And maybe they've given a little bit too much respect to the Red Storm. But now that's going to bring me to some of my final points today. And that's really, you know, we're going to go on to Utah on Sunday. Hopefully we'll be able to salvage a two-in-one road trip um, to Charleston would be great. Um, But I want to now talk about some of the other things that have been bothering me. And I've been active on St. John's Twitter and, and I interact with a lot of you. And I think St. John's has one of the best fan bases out there, which is one of the, another reason why I love calling St. John's one of my teams. But people are questioning Rick Pitino. They're questioning his substitutions. In fact, my dad constantly kept saying today during today's loss to Dayton, where's the help? Where's the help defense? Where's this? Where's Naheem Aline? Naheem Aline only played nine minutes. He can stretch the floor. This team needs shooting. I think that they need to incorporate Naheem. But again, I am not going to question Rick Pitino four games into a season with 11 new faces. People, you have to be a little bit realistic. This team is going to take some time to gel, to think that 11 new guys are going to go from, boom, they're not going to lose a game until uh, until conference play is, un- is ridiculous. This team is going to hit strides. I believe Rick will have them ready to be a a fierce competitor in the Big East. Now, I'm not saying they're going to finish in the top five of the Big East, but I'm saying that they're going to fight and they're going to be in a lot of games. Now, it's four games in, and yes, there's been some troubling signs and some troubling habits that they've developed so far, but I think they'll overcome that. And Rick is one of the best in the business. He will whip these guys into shape. He will get them playing the level of basketball he wants, but it can't happen overnight. It just can't. So all of you fans saying, I don't want to see Danis Jenkins out there. I think Naheem Aline should play, which I do. I do think Naheem should play. 
Chris Lidlam should come off the bench. Where's Zuby Ejiofor for more minutes? Where's this? Where's that? It's so easy to do this. But 11 new faces, a whole new system. We have to take for granted what we have. And we have to just understand that this is going to take some time. Now, I'm not talking years. When I talk about time, I'm talking about mere weeks. Rick will have this team competitive come the middle of December, the important parts of this season. If you look back at this, this is a small road bump. A bigger road bump will be dropping meaningful conference games if they are to do that, which which may happen. But this team will be a team to watch out for. will be a team that other teams in the conference don't want to go against because of Rick and because of the caliber of players they've brought. People are saying Chris Ledlam, Danish Jenkins, Glenn Taylor Jr., not Big East caliber players, Jordan Dingle, not Big East caliber. How do you know? It's four freaking games. You can't jump to these conclusions. Now, that's, that's enough of my rant because no one wants to hear this rant. But I thought this weekend was a little bit of a rough weekend for the Red Storm just wrapping things up. Good win over North Texas and the NIT champions from last season. Tough loss to Dayton. I don't want to say a game they should have had because I don't believe they should have won that game. I think they were outplayed and out-hustled for the full 40 despite their lead at halftime. But let's look on to Utah. And after Utah, we'll have a week until our next game, Saturday against Holy Cross. And that brings me to my next point. Coming to St. John's was such an important decision. Like for I said me. it means so much to me to be home, to be at a school my dad went to, to be at the Mecca of basketball in New York City, to, to go to games at Madison Square Garden and to be involved with a winning program that has had a tough 20 year history, but has had a great history in general with Luke Karnaseka, with Chris Mullen, Walter Berry, Mark Jackson. The history is very rich. And I want to create some of that history in my lifetime, in my generation right now. And that takes a big step. And that's going to come from the students. This student section, this is my first year as a student. So I've always sat in the general admission seating at Carnesecca and Madison Square Garden with my dad and other alumni of St. John's and fans of the team, the Red Storm. The student section has always been lacking. At Carnesecca Arena, you'll see sometimes on both sides of the basket, you'll see about 30 kids on each side of the basket. When you watch games on TV of Villanova, when you watch games of TV of Marquette and even Creighton, Seton Hall, I could go on and on. Those fan bases bring it. Those students bring it. We don't bring it. And that has to change. I am going to make it a mission of mine while I'm a student at St. John's is to bring student engagement to be higher with this basketball program. Rick is bringing a level of intensity to this program, and it is our job to do it and return the favor. I'm very passionate about this this season. I will be attending every game. For the most part, I will be sitting in that student section rooting hard for the Johnnies. And I hope to see many other students there. And I want to interact with the students. I want to, I know that many St. John's fans out there are alumni like my dad's age. There's too many of you, frankly. We need to get this generation, my generation of St. John's fans, engaged and involved in this program. And I am willing to take tremendous steps to make that happen. This is just the beginning. This is my first episode, but I'm just outlining some of my goals that I have down the stretch for you all. I'm really excited to take this platform and to share my passion with you guys and to raise awareness for the student section, to get students more involved at basketball games. I'm really excited for Rick, the Rick Pitino era here in Queens. It's been long overdue for us to have success, and I'm so excited for what's to come. But and I wanted I really to share this with you. It's a very fun fact that I found that I'll be sharing with you. Rick Pitino has never won 20-plus games in his first season at a new program. That includes the one year he was at Hawaii, his years at Boston University, his years at Providence, his years at Kentucky, Louisville, and even 
Iona. He, he has never won 20 plus games in his first season at a new program. So maybe he will break that this season. And if the Johnnies want to dance, he will have to break that. He will have to win 20 plus games. But right now, there is no reason to panic. There is no reason to jump in the East River, like Rick famously once said, if St. John's doesn't win a national championship. So that's going to wrap things up for me in my first episode. So happy you guys have joined me, and I'm so excited for what's to come. Go Johnnies. I'll see you next time.